Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 176 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing all right, Joe. How are you? I'm, I'm ready to talk about some wrestling here. I'm ready to tease some stuff. Um, I don't see any rants in my future this week, unless you uh, <laughs> you do something that gets me mad. But <laughs> All right, so 50-50? Yeah, you know. Pretty good. I like I haven't I can't tell if I'm angry at things that I see like on wrestling or on the internet or just general irritability because like I'm trying to quit smoking again like trying to like attempt number 72 but sure. like, I'm two weeks in and I'm just really angry at everything so like I could just see like a tweet that's just like uh, oh, hey, this match was canceled. I'm like, motherfucker. I'm just like tossing tables over. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I might be overreacting. So I don't know. Like, if I throw like a rant later, uh, you might have to just kind of adjust your, uh, I don't know what you're trying to say. Like, it, it might not be warranted. I'm here for it. I'm here for uh, an angried up Adam for no real good reason, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and my weekly purchase took an extra day to ship. God damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, now you what, you want to have we, I've been throwing fits in group chats lately, haven't I? <laughs> well, not only that, but you've also um do you want to I think we'd have to save it for weekly purchases, but yeah, cuz as you're saying these things and I'm like, I think Adam just needs like an outlet for whatever this aggression is, but I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're just like yelling at me and Kevin or you're <laughs> like, how many posts did you have in the uh the Broski Hawkins Facebook group today like 17?" I deleted 16 of them, though. It's okay. <laughs> okay. More on that later, I guess? Yeah, talk, I guess. Talk about that on air or no? Yeah, sure. I, I'm fine. I'm fine throwing those fucking carny fucks under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get to that during weekly purchases for the people don't that don't give a shit about who and how the fulfillment center for Hawkins Hawkins and Broski's 9,000 projects are going. (laughs) All right. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So we're going to do this just a little bit differently uh, to kind of save the big one for last. Usually we'll go in chronological order. Some of these things not even going to get dates on them. They're just going to get a mention. Um, so on this day in wrestling history, and again, the year doesn't really matter, but Haku, Marty Janetti, and Carrie Von Eric all celebrate birthdays. Okay, so we got one guy who could kill anybody with just the look. We got a guy who basically admitted to killing somebody, and... uh and Carrie Von Eric, who was just, you know, a good dude, I guess. <laughs> He's he, he, listen. He was really close uh, to being like one of the next big, th- big things. If you believe a lot of the rumor and innuendo, he was like on the short list to be in that Hulk Hogan spot uh, in 1984 in WWF. Yeah, and in my Hasbro Fig Fed top guy. Was, oh yeah. It was him, Mister Perfect, and a repainted jumper, Shawn Michaels. They basically ran the joints. <laughs> But again, so that's that's like a good like uh, a trios team, I'd say, if Carrie Von Eric was alive, of course. But uh, <laughs> I think th- there was a period of time where like even all those three guys were in WWF 
at the same time. And I wonder if they like celebrated their birthdays together when they were on the road. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was about to make a joke about like a sack race or something like that, but uh, never mind. <laughs> or like the three legged race. And you think that Carrie, uh, Carrie Von Eric would have won that. Uh, depends on which leg was inside the, was like tied to your, your buddy. <laughs> so, uh, also, this day in wrestling history, I always like to mention it because in 1997, we have the head-to-head Monday Night Wars, uh, Nitro, and Raw. Uh, Nitro, still nothing really major, uh, still kind of a bloated mess. They're building to the Super Brawl rematch with Piper and Hogan. Um, Raw is real weird because it was taped, but it wasn't like part of a bulk taping. It was taped like three days prior. And okay. it's setting up for what ends up not being on our week, but there'll be a lot of fallout for it. And looking at the results for these Raws, I feel as though Furnace and LaFon are on, like, every single Raw so far in 1997. Just, again, goes back to my point that I was convinced that they were top guys. <laughs> Just because yeah. they got all the, the press and apparently they're on TV every week. Right. We're going to miss a very crucial... Uh, you know, this day and, you know, it's a Thursday, Raw Thursday that we're going to miss of a live uh, Monday Night Raw. But there's another one that comes up next month, which is like a huge turning point for the worse in the uh, Monday Night Wars. Because right now it's kind of close, like as bad as Raw is and as bloated and as nothing as Nitro is, like it's not the blowout. It's like 3.0 to 2.6 or it's like. 3.2 to 2.4. It's not like this crazy differential that it would soon be in the next couple of weeks. Okay. I definitely will not take a guess because you know that me and timelines don't mix up. I could very easily be like, oh, this person joins the NWO or like, I don't know, Crockett Productions took over. I have no concept of time. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, also on this day in wrestling history, 1996, was an ECW show, Big Apple Blizzard Bash. Um, the two key things from this, uh, this is when the Eliminators beat Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck for the ECW Tag Team titles. Okay. And this was the ECW debut of Juventud Guerrera. Okay, who uh, do you wrestle? Rey Mysterio. Uh, this was originally advertised as Rey against Psychosis. Uh, WCW signed Psychosis, so they had to, like, they had not scooped up Ray yet, I guess. Ray ends up being in the ECW for about another month or so, and they ended up bringing Hooventude. They do this match, and then they do one more match at the arena, and that's, like, the end of it for them. And the one at the arena is the one where they have the spot with the table that was used in the intro for, like, the next ten years? Yep. Okay. But uh, most notably and most importantly on this day in wrestling history. Now, again, I don't want to say it's the joke of the show, but Adam did give the truth of like the day that he pinpointed that he started watching wrestling in 1990. <laughs> this happens in 1989, Adam. I, I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. And I have a, a counterpoint to what you're about to say. But I think that you are probably aware of this was be because this is the second ever uh, WF Friday night main event, uh, last year, 1988 
was the big angle to set up WrestleMania 4, which was Andre beating Hogan for the title with the twin referees. This was the mega powers explode. Uh, Randy Macho Man Savage, Hulk Hogan, team up to take on uh, Akeem and Big Boss Man. Uh, Macho takes the big crazy bump over the top rope and wipes out Liz. Hogan carries Liz to the back and kind of leaves Macho Man out there by himself. Um, Macho then comes back and they do the big brawl backstage. And this is like the Macho Man heel turn to set up WrestleMania five. So obviously, like you alluded to, I don't generally acknowledge any wrestling that happened before 1990 because I say it did not happen. Sure. But I'm going to give special dispensation to the mega powers exploding. Uh, I feel like there was a lot of stuff that was specifically surrounding WrestleManias, like whether it be WrestleMania four, WrestleMania five, that I went and like watched, you know, not too long after WrestleMania seven, but you know, you make the trip to the video store, you rent, you start with the, the WrestleManias and you work your way to the summer slams or whatever, but the build up to, uh, the Hulkamaniacs or the mega, uh, ah, let me try that again. Take a shot. The buildup to the mega powers exploding was something that I was fond of as a young man, even though it didn't happen in acknowledged timelines, if that makes sense. Right. As you mentioned, if you rented WrestleMania five, they probably showed most of the angle part of this, uh, in video packages, building up the main event. Yeah. Plus, like, how do you not side with Macho Man and all this? Because, I mean, it's one thing, like, obviously the storyline is built around the fact that Hogan is, you know, trying to make a move on Macho's man, uh, Macho Man's girl. But then, like, if even I was looking at the video earlier today, Hulk Hogan doesn't even bother to get tights to say Mega Powers on him. Macho did. Macho was committed to the team, you know. A wise man once told me there's only three things you can control, your tan, your physique, and your gear. <laughs> and so Hogan could have gotten better gear and maybe the team would have stayed together. I think Hogan has mega power themed gear at SummerSlam 88. But it's um, it's like yellow with white writing. Boo. Right. So it's like barely legible, barely noticeable. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this is like a huge deal. Like I remember watching this as a kid and, you know, I was a macho man guy all the way. And I was also a dumb kid because it wasn't until like Royal Rumble, which I don't think. So this is one of those things where like, we didn't have pay-per-view in our area yet. So I remember seeing Royal Rumble, like maybe after this. But not much after this. So they had shown like clips and stuff on TV, but they didn't want to like really hit you over the head with this angle. So you kind of don't see it coming. And I was so happy when Macho Man turned because I was more a Macho Man guy growing up than a Hogan guy. Yeah. I never liked Hogan until NWO, to be honest with you. That's when that's when Hogan became cool. <laughs> now, see, I never liked Hogan until... The 2002 post-WrestleMania WF nostalgia run. Not when he came back with the NWO, but when he was the red and yellow with the boas. And he still had the stubble, but he was Yeah, all and like, lead, okay. like from that up to the Mr. America stuff. Like that's the only time like I really enjoyed Hogan as an in-ring character. Like an in-ring on-screen character. 
No, see, I, I was full bought into the NWO. I thought everybody except for Virgil in the NWO was pretty damn cool in my eyes. You were a big Buff Bagwell and VK Wall Street guy. All right, maybe not VK Wall Street, but <laughs> something about being like, when I was 16 years old, I thought Buff was awesome. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I can't justify it. I just thought the, oh, maybe it was the top hat. <laughs> so, so if for, like, you know, obviously having watched wrestling forever and seeing Buff Bagwell go from like the rookie of the year to be like the third wheel and like two or three different tag teams to just be like a guy to be in like an American male and to this. And like, this is the first time that he turns heel. And then he's like, the the character now is just so over the top. I didn't buy it. You know what I mean? Like he, he didn't feel genuine to me. Okay. I mean, Again, as a 15-year-old, I wasn't dissecting the nuance of the characters. I just No, no. It was just like, I'm like, okay, this guy's corny, right? All right. Like, outside of Hall and Nash, like, most of the NWO just came came across as cornballs. Because I was a WWF guy. Like, even though WWF sucked, I was still watching it. And I would catch Nitro either on the replay or whatever the unopposed hour that wasn't head-to-head with the hour raw during this time, you know? All right, so you're saying Scott Flash Norton was corny. Okay. Um, Just say it into the mic. Nice the and clear. NWO team and what Buffy was, yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. Yeah. Set it into a mic. All right, listen. Just my opinion. <laughs> Speaking of my opinion, Adam, you have any strong opinions on anything that happened in wrestling in these uh, last seven days? Uh, you know what? I will start things off with the thing that uh, resulted in you and I being in the same room together this weekend. What? Yes, and the 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 other members of the soon-to-be-named network, not Todd, he was live-tweeting from at home, but <laughs> Brett and DJ, we all watched the Royal Rumble this weekend on Saturday night. And it was very, very, very cold outside. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, so, I mean, first things first, I just want to say thank you to DJ and Michelle for having me up to their place. Uh, awesome place. I wish I had more time to just walk around and admire DJ's stuff, like his wrestling figures and like his art and stuff like that. For those that don't know, and I don't want to blow up DJ's spot, but his stuff is like all on display in such a, like a, a nice meticulous way. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a museum. It's like the Louvre and like compared to. Compared to, like, my collection, my collection's like the warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just piled and, like, stockpiled and all that stuff. So DJ's got a nice uh, nice setup, but uh, he needs to do, like, a video tour of the toy room in the future. But I digress. What I want to get so, at... Uh, yeah, I'll say this. Yeah. Your setup photographs very well. Okay. Because that picture that you have of your detolves with all your stuff in them... Yeah. And then when you'll like do a close up on an individual shelf, the foot, the photographic presentation of your collection is great. But I'm sure if you turn that camera around to see what's on the other side of that room, <laughs> that's where you're getting into the into the disaster area. But yes, where well, where DJs is set up, it is you know you don't have to do the Scott Hall walk through anything. <laughs> it's not littered with empty boxes or anything else like that. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, and you would know this if you ever came to my house, which, again, to do the tour of the toy room, I told you sure. I'd let you in for free. I'll but be right over. The Detolfs are actually in the dining room, 
and I have a separate toy room. And the toy room is the one that you need to do the Scott Hall walkthrough uh, because that's where things are not necessarily displayed with the same like presentation as the Detolfs because I ran out of space. So everything is displayed like books where you're seeing the spine of the box because I ran out of room to show things, you know, facing the front, if that makes sense. Yes. All right. But anyways, I want to talk about the Royal Rumble. And I got around to after the fact, like after we watched the Rumble, I watched the SmackDown from beforehand and I got to see the famous by the numbers video. And obviously those by the numbers videos are always fun. This one shows like the debut of AJ Styles, the return of Edge, a bunch of other cool, memorable moments. But what did we get on Saturday night, Joe? We got Madcap Moss and Shane McMahon. We got Ronda Rousey in her comfy clothes. I honestly can't be mad at the fact that this was by far the worst Royal Rumble that I can remember. You know, like probably the worst one, maybe worse than the Royal Rumble 2000 that they did on We Need Wrestling. But I'm not mad because it's kind of hilarious. Like the fact that the WrestleMania sign caught on fire and Kofi biffed his overdone Kofi spot. And that maybe like three people in the men's rumble actually had a chance of winning it. Uh, They are intentionally tanking this company. It is awesome because they're not even hiding it. It is so bad. And like the fact that that show was so unwatchable is kind of endearing to me. You know, it's kind of like, hey, we're not hiding the fact that we don't care anymore. Uh, But uh, yeah, really, really, really bad Royal Rumble. And uh, I don't know. What do you think? So... You bring up an interesting point, and this is something I wanted to talk about as well, Um, in that while in retrospect and on paper and every other metric that you could possibly think up or bring up or otherwise, top to bottom, this was a bad pay-per-view, right? Yeah. But I didn't realize it was a bad pay-per-view until I saw everybody talking about it online because I was there with friends and we were having a good time. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, the company that you keep, um, and if you, even if you're just watching it with even one other person, you know, and I know we're still in a pandemic and that may not be feasible for a lot of people. And, you know, we're a global nation right now or whatever it is, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I'm not, we're not gonna be watching, um, the elimination chamber presented by Saudi Arabia when that comes up in a couple of weeks, (laughs) but like WrestleMania, you know, like, have a friend or two over or set up like a zoom call or something, you know, yeah. like have some interaction with some folks. And I promise you, you'll have a better time watching WWF. Now, again, granted, it's like, well, you're just saying the pay-per-view was good because of that. I'm like, no, no, I, I'm well aware the pay-per-view was bad. Um, but I just had a fun time watching it. You know, um, if it was good, we would add a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the women's rumble was one of those things where we live in a world where stuff gets leaked. Like, I think I talked about it on the show last week that Ronda Rousey was going to be in it and win it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the word had already gotten out there. And I think I had already said that the booking makes sense to have Brock win the title um, or to win the Royal Rumble so they could do him in Roman at WrestleMania. Like that's set up. And then they have to play it on TV like, oh, my God, it was this giant surprise. And it makes you look even more phony and disingenuous as announcers or paid shills that are there or whatever position you have. 
in the World Wrestling Entertainment Company, like, you could address this stuff and say, oh, it's rumored that, you know, Ronda Rousey would be making her comeback. Who knew would be here? You know, at least you're doing something with it. But I, I just think that the entire booking and setup of everything in the Royal Rumble just goes to show more so the laziness of the WWE product these days. Yeah. And if if the word is getting out that Ronda Rousey is coming back, you allegedly have two women's titles. You could have had her debut or return the night after the Royal Rumble and have somebody else win because, hey, you have two belts that you need to you know present on the pay-per-view at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know? Well, did you see, and I, I think it was very clear from the Royal Rumble and even the stuff that was speculated a week before the Royal Rumble that it was going to be uh, Ronda and Charlotte and then Becky and question mark, of course. And did you see who the setup is for Becky? Well, at least at Elimination Chamber, and they might roll it into WrestleMania, uh, that it's going to be Becky and Lita. Yeah, I saw it. That's how they ended maybe Raw this week? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, again, don't even get me started about my terrible, terrible draws and the at-odds Rumble Mania opportunity. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Again, this is a a great time to mention, of course, uh, the winners. uh, Friend uh, of the show, Tim, not the tool man, Taylor, of Final Wrestling Place and Viewer's Choice, uh, currently on hiatus. He won the Men's Rumble. And world-famous YouTuber, uh, the the cultivator of Tony Khan's favorite YouTube channel, uh, Monsoon Classic, the man who runs the concession stands for AIW, he won the Women's Rumble. Um, so it was so funny, too, because as soon as Brock came out at number 30... <laughs> I sent Tim a message and say the money's queued up. I'm just waiting. Yeah, and just goes to the point that you can tell nine times out of ten when your pick comes out whether you have a chance or you don't. You know, and there's so much dead money. I had in the men's. I had Chad Gable, and as soon as he was announced, I was like, all right, well, I lost in the men's. And and for the women's, I had in a bit of kismet, a bit of a happy accident, I had Kelly Kelly. But at the same time, obviously, she's not winning. And I think we were all in that room in agreement. They were like, fuck it. Let Mickey James win this thing. You know, like th- that was our like sentimental pick for the women's rumble. Yeah. Like, why not? Like, yeah. What the fuck you got to lose? <laughs> I, like, I like so and I don't want to like really nitpick the booking of the women's Royal Rumble, especially. But like to have Sasha uh, make her return on SmackDown be- the night before, have her do number one, and then have her like eliminated like ten minutes in. I-, I think like she's a bigger star. Like I think you could have got a little bit more mileage out of it, and like maybe she made her debut at the Rumble. But the the speculation online is the reason that they didn't do a ton of surprises in the men's and women's. Royal Rumbles is because they wanted the one surprise of Ronda to be the surprise that stands out. And they wanted the surprise of Brock to be the one that stands out. But then the men's rumble, as you mentioned, also had bad bunny also had Shane McMahon, you know, so these were all surprise people as well. So I think that kind of flies in the face of these people that are trying to spin uh, the shitty booking of the two rumbles this year. Yeah, and, like, who needs Okada? Who needs Broski when you have Shane McMahon? Well, I don't know. Do you want to talk about that, too, or no? 
<laughs> you can do whatever you want. It's your turn. I, I talked about the rumble. All right. So, uh, and again, there's all rumor and innuendo and speculation and everything else like that. So take it all with a grain of salt. So Shane McMahon comes back at the Royal Rumble, gets a big pop, of course, and Shane McMahon, he's somebody who's been on TV since the Attitude Era. Uh, he comes out, he throws a bunch of his really cool-looking punches. <laughs> um, he gets to eliminate Kevin Owens, and then I don't remember who he gets eliminated by, but then all these the, all the speculation starts coming out that there was discussion that Riddle was going to win the Royal Rumble, then they switched it to Brock, and then that was never on the table. And then that was supposed to set up, uh, you know, Brock and Shane being like the last two guys. And then it was supposed to set up <laughs> Brock versus Seth at WrestleMania for one of the belts. And then it was supposed to like all this other crazy shit. And then it's like, well, whatever Shane was doing, he's now gone from the company again. Because <laughs> um, apparently he was brought in to do last year's Royal Rumble, like Pat Patterson, whether he was with the company or not. Pat Patterson would always be brought back to kind of put the Rumble together since that was his baby. Yeah. And after Pat had passed away, I guess last year, Shane did last year's Rumble. This year, Shane did this year's Men's Rumble. And there you go. And apparently he came in with the hardcore Holly mentality of... <laughs> Well, what's your idea, Shane? Well, I win the Rumble, and I beat everyone for all the belts. <laughs> hey, Shane, what'd you think of the Rumble? Whole, whole thing sucked, you know? Yeah. Um, what's what's your finisher? Can't wait to kick out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's more Harley Race. Yeah. But yes. Uh, then there's rumor and innuendo that's going around that AEW is going to make a bid to bring Shane McMahon on one of their shows. And WWE is now trying to bring Shane back in to try to block that from happening. Who in their world thought that in 2022 that Shane McMahon would be such a big player and a big topic of conversation in the world of professional wrestling? We could have like an AEW pay-per-view where there's a McMahon in every corner. You know, they can get Linda, they can get Shane, um, Triple H. I guess he's probably not doing anything. <laughs> he can go Triple in H there. Ca- that's right. He counts. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then just, uh, you know, I don't know, wait a couple months and just dig up Vince. <laughs> and, you know, and then the investors call was today. They had their highest record profits. And then, of course, the word comes out. Uh, one can only hope it was from Willie the Worker. That's as old as a reference as it gets, uh, that like morale is at an all-time low in the WWE, that everyone in the company knows that uh, when it comes to the TV product, there's literally four people they care about, and (laughs) it's not that far off. And, um, you know, who that could be attributed to is anyone's guess. But whether this stuff, like just the fact that this stuff is getting out there is enough for people to still talk about WWE, but not watch WWE. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Maybe they're watching the wrong version of the WWE because Joe, I tell you what, I'm turning around on NXT two point glow. I need a spreadsheet update and I need one stat because I watched NXT this week. And I think, I don't know what it is. Like a light switch went off and like, I get it that it's bad, but, like, are they trying to be bad? Are they okay with the fact that they're bad? Maybe I've listened to too many Ed Cody podcasts. Maybe I'm, like, 
understanding that this is all just a bit and they're like you know winking into the camera because i watched it and i saw sleepy girl having a match and i was like okay this is fun and then the remember poker guy he doesn't want to play poker anymore joe he just wants to shave his head and be angry and i was like that's kind of funny and then there's a new singer girl because like the old singer group isn't around anymore so they had to get a new one and like she was like dropping beats and i was like this is kind of silly and also subcore jade uh i like i don't want to say i enjoyed nxt two point glow this week but like if you compare nxt against regular wwe program where they're like oh we're super serious and we're awesome but we can't put together an entertaining show versus like nxt that's just like fuck it we we don't care we're just these guys won't be here in a week so we're just gonna do whatever we want it was it was strangely refreshing watching NXT this week. I don't know why. So uh, the the what should we call it? The uh, spreadsheet is woefully out of date. I haven't updated it in maybe like six or seven weeks. Like whatever the uh, last last takeover was, it was like whatever the episode before that was. I'm like after oh. that takeover, I'm like yeah, I'm done. We're out of here. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say this though. I this is the first time in a long time that they put up so many clips on the YouTube channel that I got to watch most of it just from watching the clips that I mentioned this match was just clips. Um, <laughs> but Nikita Lyons is the new singer person. She has been wrestling on like dark matches and she may have had a match or two on 205 Live in the last like month or two. That's still a thing? Yes, and I did like in her little hype up video, she says that her dad was a famous singer who's unnamed and her mom was a famous groupie. <laughs> and unless her and unless her mom is Pamela DeBars, then your mom ain't a famous groupie because that's the only famous groupie there is. <laughs> um and the the best two parts of NXT this week, of course, were the Wendy Chu match. Um and I don't know if you saw her Twitter that she tweeted out that she just got the okay that she could just buy her gear off Amazon. <laughs> I didn't see that, no. And again, I don't know her. You know, I know people who know her. And it was one of those things where I had the tweet ready to go. And I'm like, I don't know her. So I'm not going to send this out. And I'm like, I go, you're keeping it. My tweet was that she's keeping the torch alive for the women of the 80s whose gear was just swimsuits off the rack at Sears. Because <laughs> that's what they were. Yeah. But uh, the other best part of NXT, of course, was did you notice that when uh, L.A. Knight does his very original not Stone Cold Steve Austin stomps in the corner, he does his yeah catchphrase? <laughs> uh, I, I'm ashamed to say I haven't watched an L.A. Knight match uh, since he wrestled for the Million Dollar Championship. Oh, you're missing out. He's the number one baby face on NXT 2.0. I, I mean, I've seen a couple of his promos because I don't want to deprive myself, nay, the listeners of those segments. But I might skip the matches for, for time's sake. No, he's a he's a very good and entertaining man. Uh, that young 39-year-old whippersnapper is going to be the future <laughs> of the world wrestling entertainment. The young upstart. And uh, anything else from last week? I think I got one more thing we could talk about unless you got something. Uh, I don't have anything else. I can tell you that there's something happening on Impact right now that might be a topic of discussion next week, but we'll save it for next week. All right. All right. Um, I don't know. I think that and I think our timing may be off because I saw like the post-match promo already up. So. Ah, all right. Um, but I get you. I get you. Uh, so AEW this week, right? 
Yep. Uh, John Moxley took on Yuta. Uh, definitely wasn't scheduled to go against anyone else prior to that. <laughs> and the match is over. Brian Danielson's in the ring. They've been building this up now for the last two weeks since Moxley has come back. And holy shit, was that segment awesome. Mm-hmm. He gets everyone's like, hey, do you want to see us fight? And everyone pops and he goes, yeah, I guess that's okay. But you know what? I'd rather see us team up and take over this place. Look at who the champions here are. You know, a, a sad millennial cowboy, a dinosaur. Notice he didn't say nothing about uh, Jungle Jack Perry. I'll just throw that one out there. And uh, how how much Daniel Bryan or Daniel Bryan Bryan Danielson hates vlogs, and then he starts naming like not the the four pillars, but like the actual future guys of AEW, your Yudas, your Lee Moriarty's, your Daniel Garcias, and stuff like that. And I'm just like, holy shit! And then like the whole talk online is that this is essentially uh, Bryan Danielson's Cobra Kai. <laughs> that he's Johnny Lawrence and John Moxley is Daniel LaRusso. Yeah. <laughs> where he's going to get like all those guys, like the misfit guys or whatever it is. And he's going to whip them into the shape and make them a killing machine. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> but that was like a per, like um, it was very clear. Like it's very clear that these two are going to have a match. I love this little stopgap, this little zig when they could have zagged. Where this is something that nobody thought, like when they had those little things the last two weeks, no one's like, oh, well, this is obviously building to Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson and John Moxley being a tag team and forming a stable of like the young upstarts in AEW. That's obviously what this is building toward, right? But then when it happens, everyone's like, holy shit, this is the thing that I never knew I wanted and I'm getting. Yeah. Well, I will argue. So I agree with you. It was a great segment. It was out of like left field. Didn't see it coming. But I would hold your applause to see if it actually leads to absolutely anything. Because I can, I, when I was watching that promo, I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. I like you agree that like all the name drops are pretty cool. Uh, I don't like the fact that you're trying to deprive 3.0 of their son. But if next week you just have John Moxley basically say fuck you and punch Danielson and then lead to the match, you know, great, we're going to have the match, but then the promo meant nothing. You know, and I could see that being more likely than them having any kind of tag team run or interacting with anybody else like uh like to mentor. So what if I what if I throw this out to you? Let's say next week uh Danielson brings it up again. And Moxley is just like, fuck you, and punches him. And then it leads to a match between the two. But that seed was enough that maybe, as opposed to, like, together, you know, I I, I mentioned everybody online, even in AEW, it's like saying it's, it's Brian Danielson's Cobra Kai. <laughs> what if this leads to, like, Mox getting his crew of guys? And he already has a crew of guys built in. You know, even though Mox is technically technically a loner, he's got allegiances with Kingston and Darby and Sting, and then that causes Brian Daniel Bryan Brian Daniels like keep saying Daniel Bryan, God damn it, it's stuck in my head. Um, Danielson to get his separate crew of guys, where it's the da- it's the Lee Moriarty's and the Wheeler Yudas and 
the the Daniel Garcias, and then you have like this kind of old guard versus new guard feud between the two groups. So yeah. I think there's a lot more potential than they just have a match. I think this promo, fingers crossed, is going to add a lot more and hopefully is able to sprinkle some mocks and Danielson dust on some of those younger guys. Yeah, no, I agree with you about all the stuff as far as putting other people over by just being associated with those two top guys. Um, I am a little weary, like I said, of the things I mentioned and also weary of the fact that AEW is a little stable heavy. You know, like we are just now maybe losing the inner circle and good riddance, but like I don't want to see two more take its place, you know? And then we have the House of Black is popping up and... There's a, there's, I feel like there's more people in stables than are not in stables in AEW. I'm okay. I like stables. Like I, I'm more so like he defined heel stables. Like Mm -hmm. you say this, but I grew up in a time where you had the Heenan family, the Hart foundation, you had Slick's group of guys, you had Mr. Fuji's group of guys. And then like maybe some new manager would come in and he'd like have a group of misfits that he'd manage, you know? So I'm all for having multiple heel groups and factions. Babyface alliances, I'm okay with, you know? Like, uh, you know, was Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes like a defined unit? Not really, but they always had each other's backs, you know? (laughs) I like when the baby, I like when, I like when there's multiple heel factions and I like that, I like when the baby faces are friends with each other. Yeah, and actually come out and save each other and don't let yeah. one beat down. Okay. Uh, that's all I have, Joe. I'm going to save my thoughts on Brandy Rhodes versus Paige Van Zandt for next week. I want to have more time. I want to let that that angle breathe a little bit. Uh, so okay. we'll come back to that, you know, but uh, that's all I have for discussion points. Oh, okay. Well, that's good because uh, I don't want to talk about that. So <laughs> – uh, I guess we could get into my homework assignment for next week, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, next up, and again, there's been a lot of delays. I threw some extra stuff in there. It's my turn to assign something. And what I'm going to be assigning for Adam and for you, the listeners, is the Chikara 2012 season finale under the hood that took place from the Trocadero in South Philadelphia. Now, a couple things I will say. It is a, I don't want to say a bloated card, but the runtime without promos is over three hours. And I can't do that to you, and I can't do that to me. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of a pivot, okay? All right. There are two event centers that are mandatory watching. They're both about eight minutes each, but they're promos from both sides of the matches that we will be watching from the pay-per-view. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Icarus and Dasher Hatfield, we're not watching. Um, Jigsaw versus Jigsaw shard soldier Ant deviant versus quack fire green and assailant. We're watching that. Okay. Uh, young lions cup, Mr. Touchdown versus ACH watching that. But it's more so the post-match stuff that's more important, okay? Okay. Uh, the other multi-man match of Delirious, Ophidia, and the Batiri versus the Big Giant uh, Order of the Neo Solar Temple match, we're skipping that. 
Oh, and I also I forgot to mention Fist Fist verse 3.0. We're skipping that. Uh, just quick question, Mr. Touchdown. He beat ACH for the Young Lions Cup, right? They were the finals of the tournament to see yeah. who would be this year's um, Young Lions Cup champion. ACH is getting his rematch. Okay, I wanted to make sure because I was like, oh, didn't I see this match? But all right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, tag titles, Young Bucks versus Sean Waltman versus birthday boy Marty Jannetty. <laughs> we're not watching that. Um, but we are watching the main event of grand champion Eddie Kingston taking on Tim Donst. So on the show, we're only watching three matches. Uh, Jigsaw Shard, Soldier, Deviant against Quackfire, Green, and Assailant. Um, Mr. Touchdown versus ACH, primarily for the post-match stuff. And Donst versus Kingston. And the two event centers, which I'll put in the show notes. Okay. And I will check out the uh, entrances because I want to see uh, if Icarus does any crowd work. <laughs> okay. And you at home, if you want to watch the whole thing, that's great. Watch the whole thing. It's a really good show. But these are the main uh, kind of story beats that we need to watch um, for whatever we're going to watch for Chikara. I think we're going to watch up to the shutdown. Uh, National Pro Wrestling Day doesn't exist on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, but it's got to be out there somewhere. But I don't even know if we're going to watch the whole thing of that. Again, these are a lot of bridges that we'll be crossing the next time that I have to assign homework, which isn't going to be for another two weeks. All right. I got to start thinking of what I'm going to assign next week. Right. I have an idea of something I might do in the future here with my homework when we're done with the Chikara stuff. Um, but again, it's kind of uh, in, a, in a bubble. It's encapsulated. We don't have to worry about it like uh, getting stale, if you will. Yeah, it's evergreen, just like uh, when I have to figure out what the next, you know, high point chronologically of WWECW I have to sign is. Right. You know, we got to follow that storyline. Well, I'll say this. Um, Pod Van Dam originally started out as a WWECW review show. So you could just reach out to young Ed and ask him what his (laughs) favorite moments are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Maybe maybe if I'm desperate. Right. <laughs> Speaking of desperate, it's voicemail time, everyone. Yay. All right. Let's get into the voicemail. Hey, uh, don't forget, uh, call in, let us know. There's really no topics. Just call in, let us know what's on your mind. 570-846-0897. Uh, leave a message and uh, we'll play it on the air and talk about it. First call. Hey guys, Kevin here. Um, I'm getting ready to see if we are absolutely buried in snow sometime tonight into the morning. But let's get to some Royal Rumble discussion, some overall WWE discussion. So Shane McMahon got fired, Clash, told to go home, Clash, whatever, after the Rumble. Uh, NXT continues to be gutted and is no, no longer the same thing. Triple H is missing. Uh, you know, had his heart kerfuffle there, but missing overall. I am working on two theories here. One, either Nick Khan is actually in charge and owns, uh, or at least takes care of the day-to-day operations of WWE now, and Vince McMahon is just a figurehead. And uh, when Vince dies, it will go to Nick Khan and not to Shane Stephanie or Triple H. Uh, my other working theory is that at some point here, Triple H cheated on Stephanie or made some sort of 
poor decision, but they know that they can't release him and they can't have him go elsewhere for what it would look like to the family and for stocks and uh, public image and all. So they're just going to sit on him and make him stay with the company for the rest of his life. But I'm just, I'm absolutely convinced something odd is happening with that company that we are unaware of and will break and be a incredible news story within the next year or two. So curious if you guys have any thoughts on that. Uh, I think I'll stay up and listen to the show tonight while watching these beautiful snowflakes bury me inside my house. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. All right. First things first. Is it supposed to snow tonight? Are you for real? Uh, legit. Like, what? I don't fucking watch local news. <laughs> like, is it supposed to snow? I don't even I, – I don't purposely have, like, a weather whatever on my phone. And my phone is constantly telling me what's going on with the weather. Okay. I guess I got to get up a little earlier than my 10 minutes before my work shift starts to shuffle then. <laughs> yeah, you might want to. But I'm having a feeling, like, we – like, at least our area has been downgraded to maybe an inch, mostly ice. Oh, ice. Psh, easy enough. Just – Put in four wheel drive. Hope for the best. Exactly. But, um, I, I think I'm in agreement with Kevin that like the Triple H thing. I've said this for a long time. Seems personal. Like not only did you you know kind of take apart what he loved, but they did it quickly and without any like thought of the consequences. They're just like releasing people. Uh, like completely changing the show, everything that was about that, like getting rid of trainers and producers and on-air people that Triple H put in place, that is absolutely a personal move. Uh, it's very mafia-like. So I, I do agree that something happened to, to where he's not in the good graces of the McMahons. But uh, I think uh, I think Kevin's on to something there. So I, I, I'd like to think it's less nefarious than what Kevin has postulated there. Um, I think what it simply is, is that Triple H sold Vince a bill of goods in regards to what NXT could be, which is essentially uh, Triple H sending William Regal to PWG, uh, somebody sending down tapes of Ring of Honor, and them just gutting those promotions, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Triple H had that big plan where there was going to be NXTs and like, Japan and after NXT UK there was going to be like an NXT Brazil and all this other stuff right this whole big plan for worldwide domination and then after like three or four years once it went up head to head against AEW uh, Nick Khan came in and kind of crunched the numbers and just said this is a money loser and that's simply all it is and Triple H now, because Nick Khan is in such a high position of the company, is essentially looked at as a loser. Someone who we were all, like the internet convinced us, had this golden touch and this great eye for talent and all this other stuff. We're like, no offense, like I could have watched a Samoa Joe match and told you we should sign this guy and make him a star. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, he didn't really find any real undiscovered talents. Nobody was really cultivated. Um, anybody that's been a success that's come out of the performance center, um, you know, mostly women, um, Bailey, uh, Sasha Banks, uh, Charlotte, people like that were in developmental before Triple H took it over, but he gets a lot of credit for it. 
Well, he's um, doing the picture with the point. Right, of course. <laughs> and I think once it was discovered what Triple H was actually doing and how much money he was spending to actually do that, um, it's just that he's looked at as a failure. Maybe he could prove himself in like five years, ten years, kind of like Shane had to do. Um, and, you know, we see how where that kind of put him. Um, as for Nick Khan being the one in charge, um, Vince technically is still in charge, but like, is Vince in charge of his own faculties is another question. <laughs> they just I, stick him with uh, Awesome Theory and just be like, just do vignettes with this. He's our most over guy, you know? Yeah, and there was no Austin Theory vignettes at the Royal Rumble. There was no Austin Theory vignettes on Raw this week. So, like, who knows? That might be dropped. Yeah. Or they did, like, 20 of them in one sitting six months ago, and that was the last time we saw Vince. The last there time, you go. You know, it was just when they had the egg. Uh, <laughs> it was all I, done that afternoon. <laughs> I want to see a picture of Vince and the Iron Sheik together holding today's <laughs> newspaper. That's what I want. <laughs> yes. All right, what else do we got? All right, next call. Hello at Odd Wrestling. It's I, strongest man on the land. Awesome, MacArthur. Not much going on this weekend. Kind of snowed in at my house. I, I you know, I've been shoveling tons and tons of this bullshit-ass snow out of my driveway. <laughs> and it's going to take me forever. So I fear I may not wrestle this weekend. But regardless, the next weekend, we have a lot of big fish to fry. Of course, we have AIW on Friday. Hope to see you there, Adam. I might need you in my place. Uh, <laughs> Got too much of that as uh, a lot of the matches have been discussed, and I'm not one to spoil. But let's talk about the show afterward, which is the New Age Pro, the strongest yard. You got myself versus Dan Champion, a strong man competition. I gotta tell you, I don't even know what this competition is. It, it, it's a secret being held by the Von England. I think they're still mad at me about beating them that one match, but uh, I, I, I gotta say, nervous very nervous for what this competition could be you know i know he's a drinking man is this a test of the strength of liver or what a deadlift i could do that but i don't know if i can out drink the man i guess we'll find out that's 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 all i really have i I don't know i'm still trying to figure out this call situation with you guys (laughs) pod bet might be like love your show love you long time but we're not doing that here all right that's all i got for now take care y'all (laughs) <laughs> yeah big big aiw show coming up this weekend you know or not this weekend next weekend right get, friday night uh you know if you want to pivot and have that be the show homework for next week i ain't complaining because it is going to be streaming live on jerry's internet wrestling emporium you know Ooh, you know what I, it, the, that's the best kind of homework because it's homework that i was already going to do anyways i mean right. i was going to be live at the show so it's like i might as well go ahead and uh, assign it you know i mean maybe be there live i don't know we'll say <laughs> uh i got i got a lot of things that i could say to young old i guess uh arthur MacArthur. <laughs> um many of them i might have to say to adam off air i don't know uh, but the one thing that I will say, uh, if Artie has a couple bucks burning a hole in his pocket next Saturday, mm. uh, go talk to Dom first and okay. uh, spend your money wisely. 
you know, $20 can buy many things, like many peanuts, but I can tell you one thing that it shouldn't buy. <laughs> and so that's all between my... the lines there. All right. And uh, I, I would just want to say that I cannot wait until I beat Dan Champion pillar to post at the strongest yard. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so I'm sure you've seen it, uh, the gif of it, of course. And there's the famous shot, of course, from WrestleMania 9 where the two doinks do the mirror spot, you know? I've tweeted that a couple times in regards to this topic. <laughs> right. So, again, I want that to happen in real life, but I want you guys both to be dressed either as doinks or, you know, once <laughs> Arthur becomes fully Jokerfied. <laughs> and I know right. uh, uh, Jonah from Pod Van Dam has suggested that fans throw clown noses at Artie when he comes out for his oh, matches. Yeah. I I don't agree with that. That's just humiliating. They should throw full (laughs) clown wigs at him. (laughs) We'll we'll have to see what happens. Nobody better throw anything at us. I mean, at him on the 11th. Right. All right. Last call. Pink button time. Hey, guys. It's Ed. Um... I don't even know what to talk about this week because I had my own shows back on Kazi and Dam. And I, I mean, it's not like I got to talk a lot on there either because I couldn't hear a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not using Ringer anymore, Joe, so you'll be very excited about that. We're using some other app that works worse. <laughs> so, um, I got it at a convention next weekend. I'm very excited for it. I'm skipping AIW for it, so it better be good. What? Um, and it got me thinking that ColossalCon East uh, over in eastern Pennsylvania is uh, doing panel submission soon, and we should all do a panel, all three of us. Me, me and Joe and Adam Van all doing a... We should do a panel. We should talk about it and decide what it's going to be. Maybe it could be like a, a Chikara thing. Uh, talk about a little Chikara. Maybe, uh, I don't know, man. Maybe Japanese... I don't know. Japanese wrestling? I don't know, because Adam's a, a giant Japanese wrestling... <laughs> Fan, so maybe that's the way to go. But I just I think we should all do a panel at Colossal Con East. Uh and everybody tweet uh Joe to talk him into this. <laughs> so uh, I'll say this, uh, you know, because Ed makes these plans, you know. Yeah. And uh I don't think Ed knows when things are. Um and I'll just say this, like I hope this Colossal Con isn't May 6th. And I also <laughs> hope it's not June 3rd or 4th, because I'm going to be busy those days. Mm. I'm going to be very busy those days, okay? Mm. Okay, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. But I'll, I'll throw this out there. You want to do, if it's not on the, one of those days, okay? And Ed's throwing out there himself, me, and Adam. And he wants to have some sort of wrestling-themed topic. I'm going to throw two more names out there, okay? Yeah. Because it should be even, you know? Like, say, it's you and Ed. And it's me and the boar. And it should be (laughs) point-counterpoint Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. (laughs) You and Ed work up your best argument. And myself and the board work up our best argument and see if we can sway the crowd to either of our side. Now, 
I will say I could do this by myself <laughs> because one, it's easy to talk up Bret Hart, and two, I'm sure any people coming in are going to be fans of Bret Hart anyway. Um, but I think that's something that uh, I don't want to say that I want the boar there just to intimidate you and Ed. Yeah, that's not fair. And throw you off your game so you're stammering and stuttering and be like, oh, Sean is good when he would try to whip his dick out in front of children in 1995. <laughs> Remember that was fun? No, that was bad. <laughs> I don't like that. Stop doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I still have heat with the boar. Last time I saw him, he did attempt to kick my face off. <laughs> Well, this will be a great, this will be, you know what? This will be a great way to find out if you do or you don't. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you make a lot of good points, but at the end of the day, I'm sure that Ed and I could just show a video of any Bret Hart promo and just automatically win. Because, like, and then as we're going up to the people in the audience and kind of, like, waking them up and be like, hey, hey, you fell asleep. Hey, that was a Bret Hart promo. And then they'd be like, all right, case closed. Sean wins. Um, but, uh, that's an interesting idea. As long as it doesn't hit those dates you mentioned, maybe you can work something out. Um, and I just want to throw this out here. Not that Ed needs any promotion. That son of a bitch. But, uh, I checked out the podcast appearance he made on catch my grift this past week where he basically in like shockingly like detailed fashion breaks down the career of Bell Delphine. <laughs> and uh, Artie, check that out. It was a good podcast. But uh, that was a really, really good listen uh, on Catch My Griff this week. Not so, part of my normal podcast plugs. Yeah. So I'll say this. I had no idea who or what Bell Delphine is. I'm an old, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had no idea of what her lore was or what everything was behind all of this. I would like if Ed still has them, if he could like post his notes somewhere or share them with people. Um, and I did go and watch that making Belle Delphine video that they paused the podcast for to go watch. Yeah. yeah. I, I went and watched some of the stuff that was on uh, the internet as well. (laughs) Sure. Sure. I'm sure you did. Um, but I will say, um, this is how in the video, and I don't know nothing about Nobel Delphine, but how Ed talks about how, uh, in a lot of the stuff that she starts to do later, where you start to see the cracks between the character of Belle Delphine and Mary. Yeah. You start to see some of the cracks in this episode of the Ed character that we all know and love. (laughs) And some of the realness behind what makes that ed character a character (laughs) there's just so many levels to everything that we talk about isn't there uh so definitely check that out um you know obviously if it uh catch my griff the the previous episode they did ted dibiase and the dibiase family and I knew there was some indiscretions there, but it's one of those things where in a very between the sheets sort of way, when you get everything laid out to you in like an hour and a half back to back to back thing, it's like, hey, the DiBiase's might not be good people, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, even though Ed did try his hardest, um, Belle Delphine was absolutely a grifter. Whether you're grifting bad people or not, and I know on the show they have this whole thing where it's like, if you are grifting poor people or downtrodden or marginalized people, then you're bad. But to me, a grift is a grift. 
if you're going to take advantage of people who are stupid or deserve to be taken advantage of for your own profit and not like give back to the community, I guess, then you're a grifter. It doesn't matter who you're grifting from. It's just on a scale of like one to 10, 10 being the worst of like stealing food stamps from people so that you can go to rehab in Malibu for several months (laughs) or, you know, that you're making $90,000 on your Patreon on a monthly basis and it's all (laughs) off uh, incels. You're still both ripping people off, essentially. No, so maybe there's just there's shades of gray when it comes to being yeah. a grifter. Certainly, but you're still a grifter. You know, yeah. it just Bell Duffin on a scale of one to ten is maybe like a three, where the DBOSs are like a nine plus. Yeah. And before we move on, speaking of grifters, uh, we have the first three numbers of Ed's phone number as five six two. Uh, oh. What is the fourth number? Hang on. All right, we did not announce the third number last week on the air, but we did. You tweeted it out. So again, five six two. So, so oh, well, well, that's actually good because you missed a number in there somewhere. Oh, well, you tweeted out too. So it's, um, see, I'm very confused. All right, so I'll say this: um, a number was missed in there somewhere, and I'll just <laughs> say that. Uh, the number that was missed is a seven. But where was it missed? Well, that's for you to figure out. See, the, the the rib is supposed to be that we don't remind people of what the previous numbers were. Oh. That they have to go back and listen to the ten episodes in order to get the full number. Well, then delete everything I just said and we'll start it over again. <laughs> no, it's okay. We're leaving it in there. Oh, I'm never. Right, we mentioned about plugs and everything else like that. And of course, you know, uh, Ed on Catch My Grift gets his own separate thing. But of course, you could help us out by heading over to our T Public store, uh, purchasing a bunch of at odds, uh, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, uh, Hit My Music inspired designs on shirts and stickers and all sorts of paraphernalia. They are having their sale next week. Uh, 35% off, so if you want to wait till then to purchase stuff, I wouldn't be mad. Uh, But anytime you want to use our affiliate link to make any and all of your purchases through the Amazon click-through, preferably through a browser, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear there's spotty um, success at best if you click the link like off your phone and it opens up the app. I don't know how technology works. I just know that this makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the advertising fee. The fucking money, yeah. Uh, Notable purchases were someone purchased uh, a Funko Pop of something from The Witcher, uh, something called the Festival of Fun for someone called Geralt. Now it's the main character from The Witcher, Joe. I don't know what any of these things are, but it definitely sounds like the purchase of someone who's not doing uh, a Funko purge. So this is true. Yes, you should. The only thing you should do with Funko Pops is sell them. Anybody who buys them, complete crazy person. Yeah. Unless me. you're buying them through our Amazon link. This is true. This is true. Then it's fine. But uh, right. they better that person better be selling two for every one they buy. Exactly. Yeah. And hey, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, use the code at odds. If you're a new subscriber, it does not give you anything free. I think the five free days are done. 
but it does let Jerry know that you came to him from us. And when you continue your subscription there, we get a little bit of a kickback referral fee, whatever he wants to call it. Um, Masked Wrestler Season 2 is in full gear. And then this Friday is some sort of big beyond show that I know Broski is fighting on. And there's a variety of matches of varying quality. But most importantly, as mentioned before, uh, next Friday is the big AIW show. Uh, Broski losing his titles and possibly his heir to married to the game, Mr. IWTV, Mary, uh, uh, Maserati West Barkley. And in um, the battle for, I guess, I don't want to say the big men, but a match that I'm going to be like sensational Sherry from SummerSlam 92 uh, watching on the outside as Brian Myers takes on Josh Bishop and a host of other matches. Yeah. Appearances from Dan Housen and sex Ferguson and a bunch of other appearances, but uh, Dylan Hornswoggle postle. And I know they're all doing meet and greets or hosting the after parties. So if you're there live, but invariably anytime these special guests show up, they always get roped into doing something on the show. That's just the way these things sort of work. Um, so I'm sure it's going to be a fun show, whether you're there live uh, at the Odeon or you're going to be watching at home on IWTV like I will be watching myself. Yeah. And I actually just heard on the AIW podcast that the after party is like in the same building as the Odeon, like just building adjacent. Yes. And, uh, it's going to be fun to stumble from one venue to another. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I know they mentioned on the podcast uh, that there's two shows for March. Mm -hmm. And there's some announcements that are going to be coming for those shows in March. I know on the podcast, the card is subject to change. Uh, Thorne mentioned that he was FedExing money orders to people. And the last time that he had to do something similar was when he was mailing concealed cash inside Maxim magazines to Big Van Vader. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, 1-900-909-9900, that PayPal's open. <laughs> you want to know, you name the price and I'll tell you. You mail me, you you FedEx me a money order and we'll talk, pal. I'm just typing something to talk to you about later. Let's see, envelope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, while I'm getting things stooged off to me by Joe, you should go listen to podcasts. And those podcasts include Longbox Heroes, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Hit My Music, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, Viewer's Choice, IWTV Guide, Hellions Talks, Pod Van Dam, and The A-Show. A lot of those shows feel like they're on hiatus, but... Yeah, you know, I looked still... at the, about half of them. <laughs> yeah. They're all on winter break. Mm. I might do a plug purge next week. <laughs> I had to do a... Uh whatchamacallit purge for the uh you know we don't mention it every week but of course you know like all the other lvac shows are on sale you know yeah and i was like and i had like individual links for each of the shows and like two or three weeks ago i'm like fuck it why am i doing this i'm like here's one link you can get all the shows there leave me alone right yeah here's the one that shows all of them <laughs> 
Yeah, and they have yet to add the uh, October show up yet. So it's one of those things, like, I still have the one dedicated link if you want to get the October show from SmartMark, and then once it goes up on the LVAC site, that gets kind of dumped out, you know? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and purge the show right now. The A show, you're gone. No more plugs for the A show. All right. They're missing out, man. Yep. Somebody else is on the chopping block for next week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, batting down the hatches, ladies and gentlemen, because I have a feeling this will be a nine-hour segment. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> so you have a lot of things that you bought, Joe? Is that why you think this is going to go long? <laughs> well, I have a feeling that you have a lot of things. Uh, one of the things that I was going to bring up, uh, unfortunately, I had to scrap. It's something that I... Uh, pre-ordered two months ago and I couldn't mention on the show because it's a gift for someone. Mm-hmm. And I got the shipping notification on Monday and I had my fingers crossed that it that it would arrive before we recorded today. But it didn't. Oh. So it has to get bumped to next week. Uh-oh. All right. Then I'm, I'm t- kind of looking here at my listing here. I guess I'll go first just because I probably have more things to talk about than you do then. Uh, and I will say that I pre-ordered on Target's website uh, a couple days ago, like two days ago. All of the next line of Target exclusive legends went up for pre-order. So I pre-ordered the Mean Mark figure the edge figure and the dx road dog figure and i actually had a conversation with uh brett and dj about the dx figures and you know the fomo of like do you want them do you not want them i had grabbed the triple h uh, a couple like maybe a week ago not because i wanted it but for the same reason that i was like Maybe one day I'll want all the DX Invasion figures, and there's one of them in front of me, and I haven't seen a WWE figure in a store in forever. So I had grabbed the Triple H. So in this pre-order, I have the Road Dog if they don't cancel it, and I still have to get the Billy Ass one whenever I find it. But a couple Legends pre-orders. So I did a pre-order myself as well. Uh, You know, my kid is kind of back into getting Pokemon cards. He's not playing but he's collecting them uh the new set comes out at the end of the month and if you remember from a couple months ago and we'll kind of get into this with my other weekly purchases and how that kind of ties into you and me and dj from over at uh we need wrestling but um when there was like the big shortage maybe like six months ago and there was like tons of scalpers and stuff and i think even tim mentioned over on final wrestling place that when he went to like his local gaming shop, they're like, we're going to sell this to you as w- this, this booster box at one of two prices. Yeah. With the seal, the wrapper on it, we're selling it to you for $300 because we know you're going to go online and just sell it for $300. Or if we take the wrapper off of it, we'll sell it to you for like normal cost, like 120 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. 
So while all that was going on, the Pokemon company was like making inroads to prevent that so that the people who want the product can get the product. But obviously they can't offer like the same discounts that like even a local gaming store could offer or Amazon or an online retailer or whatever it is. So with this new set that's coming out this month, they're offering like a premium. And by that, I mean like there's a, an elite trainer box. Okay. That's like your, one of your key things that you get for each set. Same price, whether you get it on Amazon or a local retailer or through the Pokemon company themselves, but with the Pokemon company themselves, they're giving you different pack-ins with the box that you could only get if you order it through them. Okay. And you could order up to, you could pre-order up to four at a time and you can't do your pre-order with PayPal. It has to be with a, a, a debit or credit card. And any particular reason why that they said? You can't um, do PayPal. They, I think it's remember when the zombie pre-orders went up, they couldn't be done with PayPal because, like, I guess people were like immediately filing disputes and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's something with PayPal. You have to ship within a certain amount of time, or it closes the, yes. the transaction. Okay. Uh so I think that's part of it. But they ship at the end of the month. Um, we just got the new um, Legends of Arceus game. And, like, it shipped a couple days. Like, we got it, like, two days after everyone else. But it came with an exclusive that you can only get through the ordering directly through Pokemon. So my hat's off to them for doing, like, their own exclusives to kind of, like, not cut up the middleman. But to say, like, hey, you could still go through and do your scalping thing and go to the brick-and-mortar stores or go to Amazon or whatever it is. But if you want, like, and again, they're dumb little things. It's like a different coin and like a different like little binder that you can only get that way. But that's enough that my kid wants it. So I pre-ordered it for my kid. Okay. When did Pokemon become such a business? 1996. Ah, all right. Fair enough. Um, all right. I had teased this purchase when the four of us were what I'm sorry, the five of us, cause Michelle was there. We're watching the Royal rumble and I had made it a point that, you know, I obviously am a collector of WWE Ultimate figures because they're a great investment. And uh, I had said that one of them was up on Amazon and it was a figure that was like an older one that was not available on ringside. And that was the Ultimate Shinsuke Nakamura figure. So I decided to take a chance on it. It was being sold by a third party seller, but it was basically at retail. It was like 35 bucks. And I'll tell you what, Joe, I've never had anything shipped from Amazon that was more well-packed than this figure. And uh, it is 100% passing the jeweler's loop test. But I was able to add this ultimate that hasn't been around for a while to my burgeoning ultimate collection. Okay. And that's uh, a, and that is a nice ultimate. Yeah. Um, one other WWE thing that I bought, and I'll send it over to you. I bought the Mattel Retro 4-Pack. The Roddy Piper, Mr. T, Bob Orton, and Mean Woo Gene figures. And uh, here's the thing, Joe. I don't want them. I, I, I'm i probably just going to sell them. I bought them because I was like, oh, I want the Piper. And I'll probably just piece the other ones out. And, you know, a lot of people want the Mean Gene. and But I'm like, I don't even want the Piper, to be honest with you, because I don't like retros. You know, I grew up on Hasbro's, but for whatever reason, I just don't have this nostalgic attachment to, like, still want them. So probably just going to sell the whole box, you know, mint on card, mint sealed. 
So, um, we had conversations privately in the in our little group chat, and then when we were at DJ's house for the pay per view. Yeah. Um, and of course, obviously, everyone's like, "Oh, well, it sold out in like five hours or whatever it was," and like, why didn't they let people just order as many as they want? And like all these, why didn't they? Why didn't they? Why didn't they? Is right. Yeah. So I think the reason that they did it in the way that they did was because this was essentially a dead stock item that they had sitting in a warehouse, right? Yeah. And they, it's not like they're going to make brand new ones of these. This was the test to see if there actually was interest in retros. And I will say, yes, like you and I with zero money in the game say there is an interest in retro figures because there's no less than three different companies that are doing their own retro style figures absolutely so this is hasbro just taking that just just sticking their toe in the water like we understand like okay we might have fucked up on the retros and i say might have might have fucked up on the retros okay <laughs> and we had this set that we were afraid to sell but now that we see there's a renowned interest, are we now too late? Have these other companies taken what market share that we could have had? Or is there enough market share out there for these three smaller companies and us to do limited run boutique sets twice a year? I and think, this, uh, this is just a way for them to clear out dead stock on these things that were just sitting in a warehouse and to test the waters to see if it's worth them attempting to get back into the retros game. Yeah. I think the strength of the retros as far as like a long-term product comes down to the names. Like if you are Mattel, you can't survive on an assortment that's leaning heavily on your Bob Orton's and your Mr. T's. Like there needs to be more, excuse me. There needs to be more like, big names in there presented in ways that they haven't been presented before or people like mean gene that like were really always wanted, you know, like you can't give me uh, a Hulk Hogan in the next lineup and then another Hulk Hogan, two lineups after that, you know, that's why these like zombie sailor lines, you know, are at least appearing to be successful because the names are people that like are wanted, you know? So I think Mattel, can you know compete in this this uh you know category but they gotta like don't go relying on just dropping the same people over and over again you know okay so i'm with you and here's what i'll say um and you're saying like they need to have bigger names than you know who they have in this set like a bob orton but this is a very themed set this is very much a wrestlemania one set okay yeah. These are all players in how they looked at WrestleMania 1. So I get that. So for their next set, do you do more current figures? Like, you know, current day 2022 figures? Do you do another this old of a retro set? Or do you do something that would have been in line with your actual Hasbros that came out in 89 to 95? Ah. Uh... You know, I, again, I'm fine with having this era, maybe like closer to the 90s. You know, that's just my bias coming in there. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure this was brought up on the major pod, but give me a Bobby Heenan. You know, I want a Bobby Heenan Hasbro and I will buy multiples. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I don't know. Like, I, I just don't want, like, I don't want to, like, a slick. You know? <laughs> there's okay. A point where there's, like, you're just going too far in the obscure, you know, I don't know. So, so here's the thing with that. So, obviously, the, you have deals and licensing and rights and everything else like that. Because I know Kevin Ford has the master list of, like, everything that's been announced for Zombie Sailor or Cella or whatever it is. But isn't there already a Power and Glory and Slick three-pack coming out? Yeah, there is. I'm just saying, like, as an example. Like... Okay, but so as an example. So let's say um, I think what they need to do is they need to stick with the line and the time frame of when the actual Hasbros were coming out. 89 to 94, 95, let's say, right? Yeah. And you do either characters that were missed from that time frame or you kick things right off with that last orange card set that never came out. You do the Diesel, you do the Made in the USA Lex Luger, you do the uh, the Mabel and like a fourth person. Yeah. And you have that be your new generation pack. Like An you want Oscar to throw a you want to throw Sean, you want to throw someone else because Double J was supposed to be in that set and they can't do Double J because Double J is now elsewhere. Yeah, so no, I can see that. Right, so you do that, or you like you do like a famous moment in wrestling that has four people as the box set, right? You do, you know, you do SummerSlam '88. You know, we talked about it before. SummerSlam '88, and you want to go crazy and have it be a five or even a six pack set. Okay, you bump the pack up a little bit, and you give us an Andre. Okay, we've already had an Andre. You give us a DiBiase, but it's the suit that he was wearing at that SummerSlam. You give us a Macho and a Hogan in Mega Powers gear, and you give us a Liz with the removable skirt and or a Jesse Ventura in the referee outfit. Ooh, all right, I want that. <laughs> okay, so I think if they go in like that encapsulating in a four to six figure pack of a famous moment in wrestling history, right? Yeah. Like, let's say, and like, and again, obviously you could even do like a, like a set where it's like two and two and three, or you do like a three and a three pack, right? Where you do a three pack of, let's say it's WrestleMania five, where you do it's Hogan, Macho and Liz. There's your three pack for WrestleMania five on that. We've already got a Hogan. We've already got a Macho man. Liz is new, but it's in the gear specific. And then you do another three-pack where it's Warrior, who we've already had, Rude with the gear, like the event-specific tights, and not the puncher body. Yeah. And a Bobby Heenan. Yeah, give uh, give uh, Rude like an actual physique on his figure, you know? Right. So I think that might be their way to go, is to do like those famous nostalgic moments. Yeah. Honestly, guy, like, and again, this is just because it's before my time but i didn't see the piper or mr t or in mean gene as like this wrestlemania thing and it's obvious it's right there right in front of me right but you know i just saw it as two people i wanted and two people i didn't want you know i, I was very biased with that you know and you could even make the argument that it's wrestlemania 2 you know because like you have the boxing match but it's not you know it's it's very gear specific for piper for one and mr t for one but you know anyway yeah um, I'll even say you go one further 
And this is my last pitch for a retro set, okay? All right. Uh, you do a retro set, but it's a two-pack of Hulk Hogan as Rip and Zeus. Yeah, well, <laughs> that that comes up a lot. We need, like, actual elites or ultimates or a Comic-Con two-pack or something of that. Right. I, I would prefer, because I, I don't know if you're going to get multiple Rips and Zeuses. I would rather something in a full-size scale than a retro. But beggars can't be choosers. I, I would buy whatever it was. Right. All right, Joe, do you have anything else? I do. So right. uh, luckily, both you and DJ uh, alerted me to our local Target that ended up getting like a big dead stock of stuff. I say dead stock, but an old stock. We talked about some Pokemon cards before, but they got a whole bunch of the Pokemon anniversary collection stuff in this past Tuesday. Um, and obviously these stores still have their, uh, limitations that you can only get two items at a time. Yeah. So I went up and I bought two of the collector's chests, which literally six months ago were selling online for like a hundred bucks. If you could find them. Yeah. I remember having those in like some search things at the importer exporter business. Yeah. And now they're just like general retail price. And like, uh, DJ was there, uh, Tuesday, morning he sent me a picture and i'm like i'll take my chances i went up tuesday night and like the displays had not been touched and then on wednesday was it wednesday or was it thursday uh wednesday was my doll safari so wednesday you go up to the same target and send me the same picture and comparing your picture to dj's picture as a difference of 24 hours it looked like maybe like five things were taken out of the display um, and I went up there tonight and it was completely gone. It was wiped out in that time frame. Um, but it was more so of me just picking up stuff for like my kid or his friends that have birthdays. They're all into Pokemon. Uh, so it's like, all right, I can get these, these kids, easy gifts. They probably didn't even think they could get them anymore, but here they are. But I went back to the wrestling figure section when I went up there today, I was surprised to see that it was still somewhat stocked. With uh, the legends, yeah. So you know they had a bunch of the Jakes still. I know DJ picked up the uh, the Chase, yeah. Um, but they had a bunch of the Triple H's. They had the the Sid and the WrestleMania or the SummerSlam '91 uh, referee shirt thing. <laughs> and uh, I was like shocked to see like as much of those were still left. You know? Yeah, yeah. That line like would have. The other figures that were in that line, I think there was like a fiend in there and stuff like that. That's like one of the most common in our area uh, elite lines, the Sid referee line. Right. But uh, I, my target also has a ton of the legends and still no Jake chases, but the Hurricanes, the Triple H DXs, uh, the Jakes. And it's funny because the last two series before that, there was the Hall, Scott Hall NWO line that had a bunch of other stuff in it. There was the line that had uh, Big Sexy in it. I never saw any of those figures through any of my doll safaris that I've gone on. Uh, I had to buy all my stuff through uh, the, the major group. And the last time I saw a Target Legends in a store was the Bobby Heenan weasel suit one, which is well over a year ago. So this is the, I don't know if it's just people don't care about the figures that are in this assortment or if there's more of them out there or whatever it is, but there seems to be a lot more of this line of legends. For sure. So that was the end of my purchases. Again, nothing for me. 
Um, but a bunch of emails about pre-orders and stuff uh, from whether it be weeks or months ago are starting to finally roll in. Yeah, I finally got my email from Ringside like an hour ago about my Dark Order <laughs> AEW figures. Right, so you were salty. Um, you know, obviously I saw Brian had posted them up, uh, Brian Myers, but he lives like a block away from the Ringside factory or warehouse or whatever. So we're like, he gets the notification. He could just walk over there and pick them up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I saw the pictures. I'm like, ooh, that means we must be getting the the notifications. That was on Wednesday. And I talked to DJ and he's like, oh yeah, I got my, like he got, he already got his notification. His came in on Thursday. I just got my notification today, Thursday. So hopefully I'll have mine by Friday, Saturday. I did order two. Now, how many, you ordered how many? I, I ordered two Brodies, one John Silver and one Anna J. Okay. Did you order fig protectors with those? I did not. Okay, because I was wondering because I did uh, two Brodies, one to open and one to hang up on the wall, and I did a fig protector with the one, and that's why I was thinking maybe I was on the delay because they were getting, like, the the fig defender sets were, you know, being shipped in a separate, like, wave, I guess, right? Yeah, or they were waiting to more defenders arrive later in the week or something like that, you know? Right. Or whatever, Uh, right? Yeah, uh, I I do need some defenders. I don't have any. I didn't order them. Every single time I place a fig order after I've already placed the order, I remember that I need defenders. But uh, no, I, I didn't order any of those. I should. It will hopefully make it so that the fucking figures don't get completely jammed in a way too small box like Ringside loves to do. But no. Anyways, I pre-ordered mine within seconds, seconds, Joe, of them going live. And mine just now are shipping. And like I said, I'm not happy about it. But again, I'm overly irritable. (laughs) I was going to say, because you ordered yours before I ordered mine. Yeah, because I ordered mine. I mean, you know, it's like putting the the oxygen mask on yourself in an airplane. You got to take care of yourself before you put the mask on your kid. So whenever something goes up for pre-order, I get mine in and then I start reaching out to people who might be interested. Right now, I guess the other thing is, and I don't know if you have any other purchases, but I I did want to discuss with you, your, your anger, your (laughs) feelings, your whatever regarding the, uh, broski merchandise book. Oh, dude. I, you were saying broski and you could have gone in many directions of anger. Cause I've got a lot of grievances to air. Okay. Um, the, the merchandise book, I'm over that. All right. So I had ordered two of the major wrestling figure podcast merch books. And I, I forget the exact amount, but they said they were limited to 150 or 200, a reasonably small amount. And they sold out on new year's Eve. They were like January 1st at midnight is when they went on sale. They were, they sold out in like 45 minutes, whatever. Uh, and I know a lot of people in the Facebook group, they were like, oh, make a second printing, you know, just change something about it. And it was a lot of people being like, it needs to go to second print. That's not fair. And to Broski and Brian and Mark's credit, they squashed that. They're like, no, it's fucking limited. It is what it is. The people that got them are getting them. Nobody else is getting them. Stop asking. There'll be a volume two and it'll pick up where the first one left off. And that's it. So I'm like, okay, cool. I like that answer. Uh, Live 11 was this past week, Joe. And you know what? Once you know it, there was a bunch of those books for sale. And at Live 11. 
And it was, oh, these are the damaged ones that, like, we didn't count in the initial, whatever, 150 orders. Uh, but, you know, they're for sale for people that are at Live 11. So, first things first, the the count of the amount of the books is bullshit, which I think we knew. But, you know, here's magically some more copies. But that outrage led me to kind of realize, hey, uh, today as we're recording this show, it's February 3rd. And I still don't have my fucking merch books. And so it's been more than a month on these books that are currently already printed because they were printed and shown off uh, like prior to going up for sale. As you mentioned with the Mattel, you know, figures, they're they're in a warehouse, they're dead stock, you know. Um, And they had said, oh, it might take a week because we got to wait until, you know, Broski and and Myers sign the cards because every book came with an autographed card. And I'm like, all right, whatever. But again, I just realized like today it's been over a fucking month and there's been no communication. So I tweeted and again, I might be a little irritable, Joe. I tweeted, I was like, is collar and elbow handling the distribution of these uh, these merch books? And wouldn't you wouldn't you know it, Joe, all the major marks, they all rallied to to the pods back and being like, oh, you got to have some patience when it comes, it comes. No, motherfucker, it's been over a month. Ship your shit. You know, if Knick can't handle the the uh, the the packaging and the shipping out of stuff, if that's the problem, which I know they've said many times before, oh, it's a one-man operation. His living room's full of boxes. He's got to ship some stuff out. You know, he doesn't have a car. He's going to walk the stuff to the post office. Then hire somebody else. Hire more people. There's no reason why shit should just be sitting for a month. Especially if you're selling them live and in person. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I get it. You're waiting for these cards to be autographed. Well, maybe wait before you put the stuff on sale. You know, wait until all the stuff is ready to go. And they did just tweet today, or not tweet, uh, in the group, Knick posted, hey, listen, there was issues with a lot of the books were damaged and we didn't actually have enough non-damaged ones to fill the orders. So we got them all and they're all going to be going out this week and look for your shipping notification. And I'm like, all right, well, that that made me kind of get less heated. So I deleted my my posts because I wasn't as bad. But you know what, Joe? I am a coward. But you know what that made me think of? All right. You had to go and reorder a bunch of replacements for your damaged ones. Oh, I bet those damaged ones are going for sale. So there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of copies of this fucking book. I'm glad I bought it to flip. (laughs) But like, again, I was pissed off about how long it's taken them to just even some transparency. You know, it's just, hey, I get it. It's been two weeks. We're still waiting on this card or whatever. Uh, Just really, it really grinded my gears, you know? And I'm not done yet, but I'll let you... I think you need to purchase less stuff and you'll be less angry, but no, I get you. I get you. Uh, Speaking of carny fucking shit, Joe. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So uh, you remember the wedding micro brawlers? Oh yeah. 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 So uh, sold out done 150 of those made and uh, most of them given out at the wedding. A couple of them were were taken from the tables at the last minute. And, right, Marky know, grabs six to eight. We're on yeah. clear. You know, Broski says in a drunken stupor, he went down and grabbed a bunch and, you know, shipped them from Vegas back to Orlando and whatnot. Uh, speaking of whatnot, some of them went up on whatnot, you know, for thousands of dollars. But, 
hey, the wedding was done. Going to put up a couple micro brawlers on, on Matt Cardona merch, and that's going to be it. So last week or the week before, we talked about this in great detail. Uh, they went up for sale. I had clocked it with the gimmick where you check to see how many there are, and there was approximately 40, maybe 41 pairs went up. And I was like, all right, if you're going to make 150 micro brawlers, you have 100 and something wedding guests. That's a, a very reasonable amount to go for sale. So there's 40 that went for sale, maybe less. So I got my two, still haven't shipped yet, but I got my two. <laughs> and uh, I'm on Facebook last night and uh, Broski tweets out a picture, posts a picture. Hey, I'm going to ship out the, the micro brawlers today. Don't worry. Here's a picture of all the boxes. Yada, yada. I'm like, all right, cool. A couple minutes later. Hey, I found a couple more micro brawlers while I was shipping them out and I put them up on, on my website. Oh, okay. You miscounted. You found an extra pair. Maybe you got an oddball. Maybe you found an extra Chelsea because you know you gave away a, a mat or something like that. Joe, how many how many extra pairs did he put up on his website that night? Ten. Another fucking forty pairs, Joe. <laughs> so eighty of the hundred and fifty of these things were up for sale after the fact. So are you insinuating that that initial on order number of 150 was a lie? Oh, complete and utter nonsense. Unless, so again, you have to eliminate the fact that, all right, you know Broski's holding on to a dozen at least. At least. To put in the garage, you know, some that are sealed, some that are, you know, on display behind his his podcasting desk, whatever. Use his trade bait to someone. Yeah. There's a dozen that are off the board. Then you're going to say there's at least 10 that he did in the things where it's like, oh, buy this mystery box for 300 bucks. It'll be worth it. Or they did on whatnot or people sliding into his DMs that he says he sold them for like a thousand bucks. Right. Let's say 10 to 12 there. So even if you say, OK, two dozen are off the board. All right. Uh, and then there's 80 that were available on the website. So right now we're my math says we're at 104. So, again, my math's not good. So there's only 44 wedding guests. Or 46 wedding guests, whatever. My math is bad. It was a a small, intimate affair. (laughs) Small, intimate gathering. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, all right. I regret nothing about buying them. I needed them. If there's a freaking Hawkins and Broski micro brawler coming out next month, next year, I'm going to buy it. Uh, but I got got when it comes to the rarity of it. Um, I'm glad that I only spent $100. And uh, when he put them up again uh, for for repurchasing, they were $125. Bucks. Okay. Uh, they still did sell out. But uh, so I, I will get mine. I will I will put my pair with my collection. And I will sell the other pair and I will be happy. But I'm not happy about the whole the whole situation. There's 1,000% there's more than 150 of these pairs. Again, I'm just saying I, I'm, I'm shocked that uh, Broski might have been uh, uh, deceptive in regards to his selling practices. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, Joe? This brings me to my final weekly purchase. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I purchased from Matt Cardona merch. <laughs> oh, no. 
the forbidden figurines one in 100 and it's absolutely the truth because it says it on the packaging one in 100 internet championship belt joe okay so i don't are you familiar with these i mean did you see it no all right are you familiar with forbidden figurines yeah all right so yeah they're the company that, that hand paints the little metal belts and they're the nicest looking belts you can get for your toys, whatever. So they had done a couple months ago, an FWF belt uh, that sold out instantly. Maybe one or two have popped up in the group at like significant markup prices. Um, And Broski had teased that he was going to do the internet championship. And that's the one that people obviously want for their super sevens and yada, yada. Uh, They went up for pre-order or for order because he has them uh i bought one it was uh x amount of money with free shipping and then i thought to myself about the opportunity (laughs) and then i went and bought another one and then they sold out within like two minutes so unlike a lot of the bullshit sellout times where they just add a couple hours to it when they're touting it uh this did legitimately sell out in like five minutes and uh there are a lot of people that are like obviously yeah what about another version that's not fair nope it's limited to 100 because that's what broski says so i bought two uh one to to add to the detolf and one to uh sell in the group at an ungodly high markup until broski finds another hundred of them underneath his fucking couch cushions yeah Oh, I, I the these were behind dude's uh, food. He was gonna eat all my toys anyway, so I figured I'd sell them first, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I I thought that this was, uh, if you're going to collect Broski figures, which I may or may not do, I think you need an internet championship. So I would have bought this if it was if they made ten thousand of them. I would have bought it. You know, so the limitedness is irrelevant, but it's nice to have grabbed another one so I can just sell it and make my money back for the pair, you know? Right. And I'm I'm not a Broski collector. I'm a selective Brian collector. Yeah. So I'm okay. Yeah, obviously. I, I didn't send you a message when uh, this became available. But right. uh, shout out to DJ. He actually was the one in, uh, uh sent me a message uh, saying you know, that these were available and if he didn't do that i was at the importer exporter i would have completely missed it and they would have been gone so thank you again dj yes dj thank you for being an enabler <laughs> yeah and uh this i'm sure will come up on the weekly purchase segment of Longbox heroes but uh there's a certain comic book podcaster that uh sent me a text message after watching the mandalorian and he said uh i have figure questions so uh, i was enabling <laughs> to him so maybe that'll come up on uh, After Dark or on the, the show proper this week. Um, I'll make a note to make sure to uh, bring that up to him. There you go. But that's all I got, Joe. All right, good. I'm glad. Uh, hopefully next week is a nice, easier week, unless they put the pre-order up for the uh, Eddie Kingston set of AEW figures. Then we'll have that to discuss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I have um, hopes that some in some time april or april february is going to be a month where a lot of these things that are on pre-order are going to start rolling in you know uh yeah. the super sevens are going to finally get to us uh the zombie sailor first wave are going to finally get to us uh i i have hope that the month of february is going to be a, a big month of stuff finally rolling in you know 
Yeah, finally get to delete some of those emails. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. All right. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 176 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe uh, again saying thanks for listening. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.